Welcome, everybody. Welcome to USC Christian Challenge. Tonight, I get the privilege to share with you all about developing the habit of prayer. But right before we get started on that, I'd like to take some time to introduce myself. Um, partly because um, due to the pandemic, I didn't have the chance to meet some of you or get to know some of you yet. So here we go. My name is Enoch Chow, and along with my wife, Bethany, we are on staff with Christian Challenge. Uh, I'm a Trojan myself. I graduated with a degree in architecture in 2012, and I've been working as an architect and a technology consultant since. I, I really like cycling. Um, during my time at USC, I was part of the cycling club as well, and I'm really into technology as well. Um, so I would lecture about the use of technology uh, at USC from time to time. I also have the distinct ability to sleep on any services anytime. Uh, here are just some of the evidence that my uh, classmates took photos of me sleeping. And I think that's just probably because architecture was so exhausting as a program that you'd be constantly working on various deadlines and projects. But my proudest achievement so far is becoming a brand new dad. So here's a photo of Faith Chow. She was born July 3rd, 2020. Um, you know, like sometimes people would tell you, oh, my kid is really cute, really adorable. I was like, my kid is really cute and really adorable. And I mean, I can go on forever on that. But anyways, I hope that one day you'll get to meet her because she's so cute. Um, and I'm also the geekiest person you can you ever meet, guaranteed. Uh, the other day, I gave my daughter a 30-minute lecture on how to achieve sub-centimeter accuracy with a GPS system when it comes to measuring distance. Um, I think she thoroughly enjoyed that lecture. Um, she didn't cry. She didn't do anything. Um, but my wife said she was literally a captive audience. So we'll see about that. I think she really enjoyed that lecture. Um, but I want to start with a story, a story about prayer. Um, take a memory lane um, back down 10 years ago with me. Uh, it was 2010, uh, and it was uh, summer of it. Uh, I was part of a summer training program called Project Impact, which some of you were part of, and hopefully some of you will get to be part of. It's a great program. And here's a photo of some of the guys uh, in that program. But back then, things are done a little bit differently. Basically, part of the requirement of the program is that we have to find a job within two weeks of arriving there. So me, uh, or else you get kicked out of the program, basically. Um, and me being the all-knowing, super confident junior student from the USC School of Architecture, I was thinking, of course, all these firms are going to hire me. Of course, all these firms, you know, couldn't wait to take me in. So in the beginning of that two weeks, I applied to all these architecture firms. A couple of days later, crickets. I didn't hear back from any of them. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I have to change my tactic a little bit. Instead of nice desk jobs, I'll apply for nice air-conditioned mall jobs. So I applied to all these like brand-name stores and all that, right? Once again, a couple of days passed by. Crickets again. Didn't hear back from any of them. And by this point, it was past like halfway point of that two-week deadline to find a job. And I was thinking, I started to panic. I was like, I don't want to get sent home. You know, like, like oh, what should I do? What can I do? And I remember very clearly, like, God reminded me, you know, you need to pray. You need to surrender. 
your job hunting process to me. You need to humble yourself. You need to let go of your pride, um, which was from your abilities and all that. So, so I did. I, I start praying with a couple guys in the program about praying to God that he would provide a job, knowing that, you know, in, in 2010, the economy was pretty bad still from the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, we couldn't work weekends. So retail job is out, out the window. Um, because we have prior commitment for project impact and me not having a lot of experience, of course, people, you know, would, would think thrice before hiring me. But I, I, if I remember, remember clearly that if I was to find a job, that would need to be God who makes it happen. So I pray. I say, God, like I, I surrender this process to you and, and help me to trust in you. Help me to humble myself. And so I did. What I started doing is that I would drive to like any kind of strip mall and I would knock on every single door uh, of, of stores. No, no, no. And go in and say, my name is Enoch and I'm part of this summer program called Project Impact and I'm looking for a summer job. Can I speak to the hiring manager, please? I would do this for every single store in a strip mall. So I'll do that easily 20, 30 times a day to a point where by the end of the day, I would have like a pile of application that I, I, I need to fill in. And we got really good at it. We, we, at night, we'll just all get together and fill in our application. And then the next day, drive to the strip mall and like drop them all off. But I just remember that was one of the most humbling, humbling experience in my life because trust me, when you try to apply for that many job, find that many job in such a short time, you get a lot of rejections. People are saying, no, we're not hiring. No, you don't have experience. No, no, no. And boy, I just remember very clearly that like I only God can sustain me during that time. About the results, I am actually going to leave you with a cliffhanger right now. I'll tell the story later. Um, but the reason why I short share this story with you is related to the number one reason why we need to pray. So why do I need to pray? Reason number one, prayer is fundamentally about humility. Prayer is fundamentally about humility. Imagine, imagine you're sitting across from a table of the most powerful person or, you know, for me, let's say sitting across from the most powerful God, the creator of the universe, right? Sustainer of all life. And just telling him, look him in the eye and say, God, I actually don't need you today. I can, I can, I, I'm, I'm totally fine depending on my own abilities, you know? Like, I, I'm totally fine with my job. I'm totally fine with my studies. I don't need you today. Just think about that. How arrogant is that? How prideful is that, right? But when we don't pray, this is essentially what we're telling God, like, that we don't need you. Prayer, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. It tells God that, God, I need you to sustain me. Sustain me. I trust you that you're provide for me. A missionary called Hassan Taylor. Uh, some of you might have heard his name before. He's one of the first like, pioneer missionaries who brought the gospel into mainland China. But he once wrote, God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on him. God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on him. And I really resonated with this because I, I know that I am weak. I I have limited ability and I really need God to sustain me. And, and I hope that that will become true for you as well. 
Reason number two, prayer is our way of acknowledging the presence of God. Prayer is our way of acknowledging the presence of God. When we pray, we're not talking into thin air. You know, we're, we're not just like processing our thoughts out loud. We're talking to God. Imagine, let's say you have your phone with you and you have a direct line to one of the most powerful person on this planet. Let's say you have a direct line to, let's say, Elon Musk. You have a direct line to Bill Gates. You have a direct line to, you know, like all these like really powerful person. You know, that is what prayer is. Like you have a direct line to the most powerful like being in, in this universe. And when we pray, we acknowledge that he exists. Reason number three, prayer is a way to tune in our lives to God. Prayer is a way to tune in our lives to God. I don't know about you, but sometimes my phone will show me this. Yep, that's your uh, smartphone compass calibration process where you have to like, you know, like wiggle your phone around or like move in the eight figure movement. Now, I can definitely go into this whole explanation of why it needs to be eight figure or why you need to turn, but I will spare you this today, maybe another time. But the key is where why do we need that calibration process? Because this calibration process helped the phone to know where it is and which direction it's heading. This process tells the phone where it is and which direction it's heading. And very similarly, prayer does serves the same purpose, where when you pray, it allows God the chance to help you know where you are and which direction you're heading. Because without knowing where you are and which direction you're heading, if you keep moving, you're only going to get more lost. So, prayer, help us to tune in with God, because that's the time God will speak to our lives, receive His truth to us, and remind us where we should head to. And then lastly, reason number four, there are things that God will do if we pray, and He won't do if we don't pray. And we repeat that again. There are things that God will do if we pray, and he won't do if we don't pray. This is a quote from Neil. Many of you probably heard from him before. And that's really true. Some of the largest missionary movement ever existed in history was preceded by very, very intense prayer. An example would be William Borden. For those of you who haven't heard of his name before, He's actually very similar to you guys. Um, he was a college student back then going to Yale. And during his first semester there, he started praying with a friend. They would read scripture together, pray together. And then before long, a third would join, a fourth would join. And then before you know, the end of this fir their first year, 150 freshmen were meeting, praying together and reading the Bible. Putting the first perspective. Just imagine freshman connection being 150 people strong. That's like the size of challenge. But then he didn't stop there. He wasn't, you know, he didn't just get complacent. He continued to pray, continued to reach out to others. And then by the end um, by his, of his senior, senior year, there were 1,300 students meeting and praying and reading the Bible together. Just think about that. That, that's that's out of like about the 1,500 students at Yale at that time. 
So imagine at USC that more than 85% of the students get together to pray, to read scripture, to get to know Christ and develop that hope in him. Just imagine that. How awesome would that be? And that is exactly what, what William Borden was able to, to, to experience through prayer. So I, I would really recommend us to, to pray big. So we're going to talk a little bit about the benefit of prayer. The benefit of prayer. So benefit number one, you will find yourself being more aware of the presence of God. You will find yourself being uh, more aware of the presence of God. In Psalms 34, 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. And read again, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. I love, I love the promise here where, where, where it says like, when, when we cry out, when we pray, God hears us. It's not like it goes to his voicemail that where it says like, sorry, God is currently busy. Please leave a voicemail, da da da, and hang out when you get a beat. No, no, no. It's not like that. God hears us. And there's a promise that he delivers us from all our troubles. Benefit number two, you will find yourself becoming more in sync with God. You will find yourself becoming more in sync with God. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. What a great promise here again. It's God telling us, hey, when, when you pray, once again, it's not going to a voicemail. It's not going to junk mail. It's not spam. It's that I will answer you and tell you, create an unsearchable things you do not know. That he's going to tell us more about his will. He's going to tell us more about the truth, things that we might not understand yet. And, and through that process, it will help us to understand and get to know God more, be more in sync with Him. And benefit number three, you'll find yourself becoming closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll find yourself becoming closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ. In James 5.16, it talks about, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Once again, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. One of my closest bonding moments with, with my friends, with my brothers and sisters in Christ, was when we prayed together. And that's because during that prayer time, you become so vulnerable. You open up about all the junk in your life. You no longer have to put up a facade of who you want other people to see. Is that, that is who I am. And be able to pray for each other, comfort each other, encourage each other through prayer. It's one of the most refreshing, refreshing experience one can ever experience. 
So I really encourage you to 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 pray with one another. And benefit number four, you'll find peace, a peace that is beyond understanding. You'll find peace, a peace that is beyond understanding. Here comes one of my all-time favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a, what a great verse. There's so much in this verse that we can spend this the rest of the time unpacking it, but I, I won't. But what it's talking about is that when when you pray, now God doesn't necessarily like um, promise the result you want here, right? Like if you look at scripture, it doesn't mention anything about result. What it mentioned about is that a peace of God that transcends all understanding, that we just have no clue where that came from or how that works, will guard my hearts and my mind in Christ Jesus. And I've seen that happen so many times in my life where I'm facing this like situation and all my emotions were tied to the results, right? If I don't get this grade, I'll panic. If I don't get this job, I'll panic. If I don't, da -da -da -da, I will da -da -da -da, right? All these things are tied to the results. But here what it says is well, when you pray, the peace that God gives you isn't tied to that. It just protects you. You just find this resting peace in Him. And I can't tell you how amazing it is when you get to experience that. But hold on. Prayer is not made for your comfort. Let me repeat that. Prayer is not made for your comfort. A lot of times we can think, prayer is about me. I want this. I want that. God, provide me this. Provide me that. No, no, no. Prayer is not made for your comfort. It is made for God's glory and to advance his kingdom. It is made for God's glory and to advance his kingdom. I would like to uh, quote uh, a really good writer, John Piper, here. And, and, and this quote has impacted my life and my perspective in prayer a lot. He says, God has given us prayer because Jesus has given us a mission. We are on this earth to press back the forces of darkness, and we are given access to the headquarters by prayer in order to advance this cause. When we try to turn it into a civilian intercom to increase our material comforts, it malfunctions, and our faith begins to falter. Let me repeat that last part. When we try to turn prayer into a civilian intercom to increase our material comforts, it malfunctions, and our faith begins to falter. A lot of times we think like, God, why don't you answer my prayer? I pray about this. Why don't you answer it? I pray for, you know, like good grades. I pray for like good job opportunity, all these things, right? Why don't you answer me? And a lot of the times it's because we're just praying for our own material comfort instead of praying about what God wants, that he wants to see people reconcile with him. 
He wants to see people getting to know his love. These are things he wants us to pray for. And when we just pray for our own material comforts, we're kind of using the wrong, the, the tool for the wrong reason. And of course, it's going to malfunction. And of course, as a result, our faith, as John Piper said, begins to falter. Let me think about what we pray about and how we use prayer. So back to previous slides, right? We talk about benefit one is like, you will find yourself being more aware of presence of God, but that's not the end. It's because so that you are more aware of what God is doing and can join in. You know, being more aware of the presence of God is not the angle. The angle is that you're more aware of what he's doing so that you can be part of it. You know, like scripture said, like God has entrusted with the mission of reconciliation. What it means is like we're ambassadors of Christ to reach out to others, to love on others as well. Double benefit too, that you will find yourself becoming more in sync with God. Once again, that's not the end. It's so that you will pursue lost souls just as God is pursuing them. God's heart is broken broken for lost people to a point where he's willing to sacrifice his one and only son to die for all our sins. This is how much God loves us. Prayer helps us to be more in sync with that love so that we will pursue lost souls just as God is pursuing them. Benefit three. You'll find yourself becoming closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Once again, so that the way you love one another shows to other people that you are Jesus' disciples. The way believers care for each other, love them one, one, one another, it's, it's a clear evidence to others when they see that because they see that, wow, like these group of people are so different. This is a community I want to be part of. And so I encourage you, you know, pray with one another, encourage one another, love one another, so that others can see that God is with us. And benefit number four, you'll find peace, a peace that is beyond understanding. But why? So that you'll help others to find peace as well. I don't know about you, but I know that a lot of my friends around me, those who are not a follower of Jesus Christ, a lot of times they live in constant fear, constant worry, constant concern. Might be because of job situation, might be because of grades, might be because of family issues, right? And a lot of times they pursue certain things to find a temporary relief to those concerns or discomfort or, or emotions, right? But as we read in Philippians 4, that God will give us this peace that is beyond all understanding if we pray to him. And I surely hope that my friends around me and the friends around you will find that as well. So you might ask, what can I pray about? That's a wonderful question. And the answer is there's a lot. Um, you know, once again, we can spend the rest of this evening talking about it. But um, here's kind of a quick summary. Um, one of my favorite um, 
scripture when it comes to prayer is actually Matthew 6, 9 to 13, because that's, uh, or some of you might know it as the Lord's Prayer. That's because, you know, people are asking Jesus, hey, Jesus, how do you pray? And guess what? Jesus is like, by the way, this is how you can pray. And I figure, hey, why reinvent the wheel when Jesus has answered that question already? So let's get started. First, you can pray to praise God. Uh, verse 9 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, we can really start praying by praising God, thanking Him for all that He has provided us, thanking Him for, for the for the fact, very fact that we have a life, that He's sustaining our life. Do you know how many things can go wrong in our bodies that will lead to death? But once again, every day we wake up and He's sustaining our lives. Or it's just think about the fact that we are able to get amazing education from the top universities in the world, that we have a roof over our head, that we have food to eat, that we're not living in, in hunger, right? All these things are provided. There's so much to be thankful and so much to praise God for. Like I think we can do it to pray for God's will to be done. In first 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is really a way um, for us to yield to God, to submit to him. It's like, hey, not my will, but your will, God, to be done on earth. And then teach me, show me how I can be part of that as well. We can pray for God's provision. Verse 11 says, give us today our daily bread. Once again, don't take anything you have today for granted, right? The, the, the house you're living in, the apartment you're sleeping in, the bed you have, the food you eat, the education you have, your parents, your siblings. All these things are not to be taken for granted and, and, and that we, we need to ask God, you know, for, for his providence. And the next thing we can pray for is pray for forgiveness of sins. Pray for forgiveness of sins. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I know I'm not perfect. I know that a lot of times, even if I don't, you know, like physically commit a sin, in my mind, I still commit a sin. I mean, just think about driving on the 10 freeway when there's a lot of traffic. I mean, there's a lot of things to confess about that, you know, when, 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 when road rage happens. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like, we need to come before God and confess our sins. And he, he promised he'll forgive our sins. So, once again, take this time to humble yourself and, and come face to face with God and say, God, I've, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And in turn, he'll really help you to forgive others as well as those who sin against you. You really learn how to forgive others as well. And you can also pray for protection from temptation. Verse 14 says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We live in a world of temptation, um, and as long as we're still in this flesh, we'll be facing temptation every single day. And we got to pray for protection from that. Um, you know, nowadays, with things on the internet, things on Netflix, things on social media, it's very easy to get tempted, but pray for protection 
uh, from God, from that, those temptations. And God promises that he will find a way out for us, that he will protect us from that. And outside of the Lord's Prayer, there are also two other things you can pray for and more. Uh, one is to pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. In James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to you all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love this verse because I know, like, I still lack a lot of wisdom. You know, I'm 30, I just turned 33, and there's a lot I don't know. And I really need God to help me to figure things out. And God promised that if we ask, He'll give not stingily, then not a little bit, but He'll give generously to all without finding fault. And it'll be given to you. How great is that? So pray for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. And lastly, you can pray for other people's lives. Pray for other people's lives. Um, we covered this scripture earlier, but once again, James 5, 16 said, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. There's so much joy and power when you pray for each other and you're so much more aware of other people as well. I think in our daily lives, it's very so easy to become just self-focused, right? You know, I'm thinking about my problems. I'm thinking about, I need to do this. I get that done, da, 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 right? But when you pray for other people's lives, it just draws your mind to be outwardly focused, right? It, it draws your mind to, you know, call up somebody or text somebody and say, hey, I've been praying for you. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do? And you'll be amazed by how much God can use that to really bring joy and love into other people's lives. So, how do you develop a habit of prayer? Tip number one, set aside a long time to pray. Once again, set aside a long time to pray. Jesus set this example in Mark 1.35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Yep, like Jesus had an example. Um, here's a pro tip for that. Try not to pray in the bed. Try not to pray in the bed. You know, like a lot of the times I found myself just falling asleep really soon. Just like this meme says, right? I fall asleep while praying last night. So I guess I, you could say that I'm pretty spiritual. No, no, no. Once again, find a place where you can be alone, undisturbed, and pray. Would be a good idea to actually set your phone aside so that you're not praying and then ding, you have to like have this text that you have to answer. Tip number two, allow scripture to help set your mind ready for prayer. Allow scripture to help set your mind ready for prayer. Um, one of the examples would be George Mueller. And for those of you who don't know George Mueller, he is uh, one of the greatest, greatest like kind of prayer warrior uh, in, in history, really. Basically, he sustained the orphanages he was running by prayer alone. So he's a he's a pretty long quote, but I think it's really worth 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 going through. It's, he says, 
The difference then between my former practice and my present one is this. Formerly, when I rose, I began to pray as soon as possible and generally spent all my time to breakfast in prayer or almost all the time. At all events, I almost invariably began with prayer. But what was the result? I often spend a quarter of an hour or half an hour um, or even an hour on my knees before conscious to myself of having derived comfort, encouragement, humbling of soul, etc. And often after having suffered much from wandering of mind from for the first 10 minutes, a quarter of an hour or even half an hour, I only then really begin to pray. I scarcely ever suffer now in, in this way. For my heart, being nourished by the truth, being brought into experiential fellowship with God, I speak to my father and to my friend, although I am, and unworthy of it, about the things he has brought before me in his previous word. It often now astonishes me that I did not sooner see this point. I love what George Miller is talking about here. He's talking about like, yeah, before I would just dive right into prayer and for the first like 15, 20, or even like 30 minutes, I'll, my mind would just be like wandering around. And I've been there myself personally where I started to pray and then like five minutes in, I was thinking, oh yeah, I have, I have to like deal with this today. And then five minutes later, it's like, oh wait, somebody posted this random meme on Facebook before. And you know, that all my mind just like goes all over the place, right? But what George Mueller is saying, hey, by the way, you can start with scripture first. Help, uh, use God's word to really help you get into the mindset and to focus. Because a lot of the times, you know, like the, the, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, not through really loud words, but through whisper. And we need to be quiet to hear that. So one of the ways you can also do by, by allowing scripture to help set your mind ready for prayer is to leverage scripture memory. So definitely check out Seth Getchell's message on scripture memory from last week. But so many times you can use scripture you memorize to really start your prayer life. And as Seth would say, when you do that, and I'm a happy boy. So definitely check out that message. It's awesome. And so tip number three, you can pray with somebody. Acts one fourteen. it says like, they all joined, they meaning like the early, uh, the, the followers of Christ. Um, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So basically, it's it's the time where, you know, Jesus basically was just, um, you know, basically crucified and then he, you know, reappeared and left. Um, and then and after that, you know, the disciples basically start getting together and just pray constantly in prayer and join together in prayer uh, and i really highly recommend you to pray with somebody as well because it's a really good way to one is to keep others accountable in praying but also to bond uh in in life to care for one another here's a uh, picture um from my uh, previous time, uh, I was a missionary in East Asia, and I was working with the underground churches there. 
Um, so this is a picture of one of the underground churches where, where it's located. Uh, it's in the rural side of, um, of that country. And on, on the, on the right, um, what you're seeing, it's, uh, the prayer mats. So this is where they gather. It's in an apartment building since it's an underground church. Um, and basically every morning, 7 a.m., they will lay out these like foam mats, uh, and we'll all kneel down together and just pray for an hour two hours, praying for protection from persecution, praying for God's will to be done in this countryside, praying for people, get to know and praying for one another. And boy, was that not one of the most refreshing experiences I ever got in, in terms of prayer because the underground churches in the rural country like that, they're very little. Don't talk, don't even talk about like projectors or, you know, like lighting system or sound system. No, no, no. Like we're talking about just four walls with bare minimum. Sometimes they don't even have enough Bibles to, to, to pass around. But they lean on prayer alone to sustain them. But one of the things that really kind of, kind of uh, marked my mind being that with them, it's like a lot of times when we talk about planning, we talk about different things, they always say, let's pray first. Let's pray first. And that has really, really impacted my life. Because that's what, what, like those believers, even though they face a lot of persecution, they're very little, but yet they depend on God and on God alone. So remember, pray first. And then tip number four, you can associate prayer with your daily life. How do you do that? Well, if you, you know, like to jog around, walk around, you know, pray while you walk, pray while you jog. The thing about prayer is that you don't have to pray with your eyes closed. You don't have to pray kneeling down, right? You can pray while you walk, while you walk and run. It's, it's really, actually really, really nice to do that. When I was at USC, I actually, uh, when I have uh, in between classes, when I walk from one classroom to the other, I would actually pray for my friends, pray for people in my group. Or you can pray while you drive. Um, definitely not with your eyes closed, unless you have a self-driving car Tesla or something, but. That's a different conversation again. Um, but the thing is where you have so much time to pray while you drive. Like, for example, back then, my commute before I start working from home is that it used to be like hour, hour and a half of driving one way. So I have like about two to three hours every day just in the car sitting doing nothing. But by praying when I drive, I was able to redeem that time. And that really helped me to remind me of what God is doing and, 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 and remind me of other people as well. Or for you, you might doing grocery shopping. There's just other things that you're doing that, that your mind might be kind of absent while doing that. Um, but there's when you incorporate prayer into your daily life, you know, it just becomes so much more natural. It's just part of your, your daily routine. The last thing is to pray persistently. To pray persistently. Uh, in order to form a new habit, it can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days for a person to form a new habit and an average of 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic. So don't be discouraged when you say, Oh, I try to pray, you know, like for like a couple of days and next thing you know, like it, it, it goes down the drain or I can't form a habit. No, no, no. Be encouraged. It, it takes time. So pray persistently. You know, pray together with people, pray, you know, like during your daily, daily things. And, and it will help you to develop that habit over time. But just know that be patient. Uh, a lasting habit 
takes time to develop. Just like, you know, a strong structure, a strong piece of architecture takes time to build. Give it that time to develop. I would like to quote George Mueller once again uh, about praying persistently. He says, It is not enough to begin to pray, nor to pray aright, nor is it enough to continue to for time to pray. But we must patiently, believingly continue in prayer until we obtain an answer. And further, we have not only to continue in prayer unto the end, but we have also to believe that God does hear us and will answer our prayers. Most frequently, we fail in not continuing in prayer until the blessing is obtained and in not expecting the blessing. When we pray persistently, we're trusting that God hears us and thus his timing is most perfect. He's never early and he's never late. He's beyond time and space and his timing is most perfect. Josh Mueller would pray for his friends. He has like five friends, you know, that he's in his journal that he prays for. And he literally prayed for them every day until the last day he lived. Some of them find Christ, you know, before he passed away. But at the end, there was a friend that actually came to Christ after he passed away. So just know that there are things that we pray for that it might not happen in our timeline. But God's timeline is perfect. So do not cease praying. Pray persistently. So, conclusion. At the end um, of that two-week period, God provided. God answered the prayer. He provided not only one job, which is at this in, uh, interior design firm, Chante Design, but he actually provided two jobs, which is also a job at a bike shop. And not only was I able to find a job and stay in the program, uh, for Project Impact, but then I was able to give away some of my hours uh, at the bike shop to another friend so that he got to stay in the program as well because I have two jobs now. And boy, I remember the moment I got the call from, from these places about that they want to hire me. I was just thinking, be praised that God is faithful. God is faithful and he hears our prayer. And not only does he provide what we need, he didn't just provide one job, but he provides above and beyond what we need. He provides abundantly. So just know that God hears our prayer. I'd like to end with uh, a quote from Hassan Taylor again. He says, The real secret of an unsatisfied life lies too often in an unsurrendered will. The real secret of an unsatisfied life lies too often in an unsurrendered will. So many times, you know, we we are frustrated with, with our life. We're thinking, oh God, why didn't you give me this? Why didn't why did I get that get that internship? Why did I get that job? Why is my family like this? Why are my grades like this? All these things, right? And sometimes we even pray and pray and we don't 
you know, like find the answer you want or the the result you want. And 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 a lot of times it's because we haven't surrendered our lives to Him yet. We haven't humbled ourselves to Him yet. So once again, back to the very first point: prayer. Fundamentally, it's about humility. And my prayer for you is that you will take that step towards humbling yourself and lean on God. Just like what Hassan Taylor, being weak and feeble and, and lean on him and trust that God got you covered. That God is not going to rip you off. God is going to just, just provide for you and, and sustain you. But that really start with praying to him and humbling ourselves. So with that, I would like to uh, pray us out, um, and I believe uh, we'll, have, we'll have our next activities. So let us pray. God, thank you so much for giving us prayer, a direct line to the most powerful creator in the universe, the most loving Father we could have ever imagined. My prayer, Father, for, for the guys and girls tonight is that they will humble themselves and lean on you and trust in you and develop the habit of prayer. Something I know that that will really change your lives forever. I pray that um, through developing this habit of prayer, that they will find peace, a peace that beyond all understanding. We're praying that they will get closer to the um, brothers and sisters in Christ around them. We're praying that they will become more outwardly focused, that they will become more in sync with what you want and your will. I pray for um, our spiritual walk with you. pray that you really help us to develop a good habit of praying, um, knowing that you know there are things that you will do if we pray and we and you won't do if we don't pray. Father, thank you so much for being a faithful God and giving us this wonderful thing called prayer. That's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, guys.